This Week in Wealth is powered by Alpha Wealth Group. If you're serious about retirement and have saved $250,000 or more, call Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino now, 630-934-1855 or alphawealthgroup.com. Alpha Wealth Group, retirement made simple. Hey, good morning, Chicago. Welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink. I'm the CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company. And I'm Tom Fortino, the principal and founder of the Alpha Wealth Group. Our firm is a wealth management firm. We provide income planning, tax planning, investment planning, and overall estate and legacy planning. We're right here in the Chicagoland area. So if you want to talk to Tom and ask him a question about your finances, give him a call, 630-934-1855, or you can always leave a message at his website, alphawealthgroup.com, and you can get your free retirement planning packet on the website. There's a lot of great information there, folks. You might want to try it. Uh, try it and see if you like it. 630-934-1855. So, Tom, there's been a ton of news in the past few weeks that I think affect our listeners. So, on the one hand, we've got Eli Lilly that announced it was cutting the price of insulin by 70% mm-hmm. for those with private insurance, and they're going to limit the monthly cost to $35. And this has been such a huge problem for seniors on a fixed income who are diabetic. And I think it just also shows how profitable insulin production has become for the pharmaceutical industry. So on the flip side, if you invest in pharmaceuticals, just wondering, a problem (laughs) that they're limiting their pricing? Or is this because they know the government's coming after them? Well, you know, when you're in the S&P, for example, and you just own an index, you do own, of course, healthcare, which is part of the index. I think it's about 20% of the S&P as one of the sectors. Now, if you're going to, to your question, Elise, if you own specific pharmacies or pharmaceuticals, excuse me, um, healthcare, they're all part of it too. When you look from different, you know, again, when you're selecting different companies to own, just like in any industry, whether it's pharmacy, it's banking, finance, technology, Different companies are going to be impacted differently, and you, you know, hopefully, you do the due diligence to understand what you own. So, the beauty, though, I think, is in this world today that we have. For most people, I would say, if you own one company, I would say it's it certainly is less risky statistically if you own either the the actual index and you own part of that company, or we've got exchange traded funds now, right? So you can own the whole oh, yeah. healthcare industry. You can also own that's a sector subsectors. You can own the pharmacies like you spoke about. You can own medical devices, insurance companies, biotech. <laughs> those are subsectors. You can actually own those. It's kind of neat when you think about the options that are available where you can buy these subsectors or sectors to minimize some of that exposure or risk. That's actually a great point because I hadn't thought about the fact that you could go into subsectors. I don't mm-hmm. think you can go into sub sub subsectors and say you're only <laughs> buying people who, you know, companies that manufacture insulin, for example, that's probably a little too specific. But, you know, the idea that you can divide it up, it reminds me of um, sort of uh, bond funds, right? Mm-hmm. You get some of the, you know, bond funds that are really highly specific and mm-hmm. allow you to, you know, this one is just going to be for building hospitals and this one is roads and bridges and this, you know, like municipal yeah. bond funds or something. Same as real estate, right? Real estate investment trusts. You can get healthcare real estate investment trusts. You can get one there just more in, on the industrial side, warehousing. So it's just this whole plurifer- 
Let me prolif- proliferation. <laughs> it's Sunday morning. What are you going to do? <laughs> proliferation of these exchange traded funds really are an opportunity for individuals. Again, if you want to own a certain subsector, I say it's kind of like levels, right? The first level is, you know, if you want to own energy, well, you own it if you're in the S and P. But if you want, so the S and P is the big. You know, the, all 11 sectors. Then right. you go, you can own a sector fund, healthcare, financials, technology. Then you can take it down to the subsector. And then the next level, I would say, is the stock, as opposed to we, as we maybe use the term sub subsector. Yeah, it's really stocks, is that. So there's these levels of what you can have exposure to, but it's just, it's opportunities for the average investor to own these things and, and see what's available out there for them if they want to have exposure to these areas. And I've said this before, it's sort of funny, you know, you can collect stocks and one day wake up and realize you're running a mutual fund of your own. That's true. (laughs) And this happened to me. (laughs) Sam and I, you know, I'd be like, oh, I like this one and I would buy it. And oh, what about this? And we'd buy some of that. And, you know, one day we went with my mom to her uh, RIA, Registered Investment Advisor, and he said, Mm -hmm. well, let me see what you got. Because we've actually done pretty well. Mm-hmm. And he looked at it and he goes, you have 65 companies on here. You yeah. own stock. You own teeny tiny pieces of 65 companies. What are you doing, running a mutual fund? And I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a good point on how when you, you know, you're looking for diversification and yet you know, there's better ways to diversify, uh, even across sectors. So mm-hmm. anyway, but for in, to go back to where we started, which is that Eli, Eli Lilly is actually cutting the price of insulin by 70%. This has got to be great news for anybody mm-hmm. who's on a fixed income, Absolutely. combat, you know, worrying about inflation and all the rest. And I'm sure this is a great relief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think we're going to... Uh, come up against, and I, I know uh, we'll have to break it in a couple of minutes, but um, we we have the Supreme Court that heard those student loan cases last week, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, it's going to be, uh, or I guess the week before, but I guess it's going to be months before we find out. You know, they don't rule typically until, you know, like June, sometimes even, mm-hmm. I think, July 1st. Um, but, it, you know, here's the thing. Nobody's paid student loans, federal student loan unless they wanted to, since 2020. We're Mm -hmm. now at three years that nobody's made a student loan payment. And I'm thinking, like, this is supposed to start up again in September. It's possible the Supreme Court will say, yep, no, we're not giving any money away to the student loan people, and too bad for them. But how will 40 million people cope with student loan payments starting up on top of inflation, do you think? Well, I'm guessing in some cases they have not, you know, put that aside in in these times and say, hey, I don't have to make those payments. I hope some there's been some discipline, but we're going to have to see. I think some of these things that are starting to happen, you're not only seeing that roll off, you're seeing Medicaid things that are rolling off. All of these oh, things yeah. that were COVID related, mm-hmm. food stamps, Medicaid, uh, the moratorium on the student uh, loan debt. A lot of these things are rolling off or going. looks like they're going to roll off here in the next few months. So. It is something that you have to be aware of. We've seen, in fact, January retail sales came out, they were high, and it's kind of stayed, consumer spending is, is, is had, it's kind of ebbs and flows, but it's stayed up for the most part. So we're going to see there, there could be an impact here overall on a, a combination of things that are starting to happen along with some of the layoffs. Well, we may see to start to see some pressure on consumer spending and certainly on the economy. Yeah. And then, of course, on the market. 
Yeah, I definitely think we're going to see that. And we're already seeing, uh, you know, the amount of debt that people are carrying go up, the amount of delinquencies mm-hmm. go up. Yep. Not in mortgages, but in credit cards and, and even in auto loan payments, auto which yep. is important. So we'll be watching all of this, folks. As you know, we you know look at the news headlines, so you don't have to. No, just kidding. You need to do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going <laughs> to tell you what we think. 630-934-1855. Go to alphawealthgroup.com. We'll be back in a minute, uh, but and coming up, actually, we're going to talk about uh, layoffs and some of the things that are um, happening and how you might want to prepare for that. All that coming up next on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink here with Tom Fortino of the Alpha Wealth Group. You can find all of the great information that Tom offers, not all of it, but a lot of it, at alphawealthgroup.com, and I encourage you to go there and download some of it. You can also call uh, the show, leave us a message, 630-934-1855, and talk to Tom directly, which a lot of people have done. And we're going to take your questions coming up next. A couple of people called in, and they had really good questions this week. Uh, we're going to go through those in our next segment at the bottom of the hour. But right now, massive layoffs in the tech world have been grabbing headlines lately. And what we've seen are companies like Google and Meta, 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 Amazon. They're, you know, people are being let go by the thousands. And, and now we're starting to see that you know, other kinds of companies, you know, also lay off, like like Zoom laid off a mm-hmm. whole bunch of people, I think maybe just to see their stock price go up. I don't know. That's just an opinion. Uh, but anyway, um, a few years ago, more like a few decades ago, people would go to a job and they would stay there like for most of their career. Mm-hmm. Or if you were finishing, you know, your career and you, you'd gotten to a point, it's like, okay, the last 10 or 15 years of my career, I'm going to be with this company. So these forever jobs, you know, you don't really hear about them too much anymore. I mean, if you own a company, maybe that's your forever job. But for everybody else, like, I think there's no guarantee that any job is going to be forever. And I'm wondering, Tom, you know, how do you plan for an unplanned kind of retirement from your job? I'm saying that with air quotes. Nobody can see that, but it's true. Um, And still, you know, have that idea of, you know, guaranteed income either now or in retirement like how do you plan for it especially if you're just let's say within Mm -hmm. 10 years of retiring you know this all comes back to income planning which we've talked about separate from the assets that you have you know you could have a decent amount or significant amount in some of these retirement plans we have to keep in mind that's not technically an income there is no guaranteed income that comes off of those certainly they can be used to supplement your income but this is the important of income planning. You know, I saw a recent statistics, the Center for Retirement Research said that in 1983, 62% of workers with retirement plans had a pension plan. In 2016, 12% did. And I'm I'm certain it hasn't gone higher. I'm pretty confident in that statement since then. No, I'm sure. um, And it used to be. In fact, I do classes called the new reality in our retirement. I have one coming up. I just did one. I'm going to have another one coming up and we do them every month. But part of this is when you think about the new reality, the onus is on us. You think about it, your parents or maybe your grandparents, they retired, they had a pension, a savings account, and a home. That was it. They were fine, right? It's just it, now the onus is on us to create that income. And so this is where we have things that we can look at. Certainly, Social Security, we've talked a lot about that in the past, Elise, and the Social Security decision. That's an income. Comes in regardless of the market, regardless of the investments. That comes in that paycheck every week. 
You know, so those are ideas. The other thing that you can do to maybe supplant the pension, an idea, and we've talked about these before, are annuities. There are annuities out there that provide guaranteed lifetime income. I'm an investment advisor rep. We do managed portfolios. I can say that on these things, the annuities. They do provide guaranteed lifetime income. They can be part of your income plan, and they can provide joint lifetime income for those that are married, income that lasts as long as you do, whether you're 80, 85, 90, that check's coming in. Complement that with the Social Security. Now we're starting to create these things where we can sit back and say, you know what, it looks like I'm going to have certain amounts coming in every week or every month, and I also have the assets we just talked about that I can use to supplement or you know, pull money out to do the things I enjoy. That's, that's kind of how the planning idea works. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me that you know you get to a place and you think you're you know ready to go and then you get sort of retired um, and actually even people who have pensions if you mm-hmm. get if you don't kind of get hit the right number of years you may not end up with whatever you think you're going to end up with that happened to a cousin of mine out in California um, mm-hmm. yeah. but you know I think that. You know, when you think about your in your work life, and I think people don't understand this, and, and maybe we can talk about it for a minute. You have to say to yourself, "Yeah, I'm making fifty or seventy-five or a hundred thousand dollars a year. I need to take fifteen percent of that and stick it away." And if you think mm-hmm. about it, if you're going to have thirty years in retirement, and I know your money's going to grow, and there's going to be a rate of return and all that sort of stuff, but let's just pretend rates of return don't happen. If you put away, if you make $100,000 a year and you stick away 15000 of it, mm-hmm. you, you now have $15,000 to spend in retirement. And in 10 years, you would have 150000 And in 20 years, 300000 And if you have 30 years in retirement, right, mm-hmm. you realize pretty quickly that that money, even if it grows and, and we know it'll grow, we know it'll do all those things, great. Uh, we've never had a 20-year losing period in the stock market. Great. Mm-hmm. So you're going to stick it in there. You're going to get some return. But the only way to get there is if you actually say, I'm going to live on less today, and I'm going to make saving for whatever it is in your future, retirement, mm-hmm. big wedding, trip, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make that the priority. And I think not enough people are making that a priority. Yeah. I mean, the systematic contributions, the the retirement plans or the discipline, if you, you know, in any way, even if you're saving outside of retirement or your, your employer, if you can commit yourself to making these monthly contributions and you can do it, by the way, people can do it right out of your bank account. You can set up again. I use Fidelity as an example. You can do it TD or Schwab. You can set up an account, link it to your bank and have it pull out $50 a month, $100 a month. You know, you can do this on any type of investments. And all of a sudden, it's on autopilot. You know, I, it's interesting. I have these conversations. You know, someone comes in, they have a half a million dollars in a retirement account. You know, it was zero at one point. And it didn't happen by accident. It's just you see it. You, we see these things, and it's happening, and there's, there's proof of it. So this is what I say. Make the commitment. Have the discipline. Do the monthly contributions. Systematic. That's going to, to your point, Lisa, that is going to make all the difference in the world. And it, you know, it just, nobody ever bemoans having too much money later on in life, right? Yeah. But it's important to, you know, make choices that are going to be smart. You know, I I drive a really old car. Like, Mm -hmm. my son is driving our 20-year-old car. 
He's like, I'm very proud that he says, yeah, I don't really need to buy a new one yet. Anyway, it's it's just how, you know, but he likes to eat out in fancy restaurants. And mm-hmm. so he puts, you know, whatever money he's going to put out, that's where he gets the greatest level of enjoyment or he likes to golf. Everybody's got to make choices. It's just... Yeah, it I think comes back we, to the pay yourself first thing that you're you talking about, right? Do that first, what's left over, okay, but if you get that done, check, that's taken care of, then I can start doing these other things. And so no. it's all about uh, preparing today to, for these things, whether the income planning we talked about, the investment planning, the other piece, and, and that, all those things come together. Yeah, they do. 630-934-1855. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about your questions that came in this week. You can always leave us a question at alphawealthgroup.com. You're listening to 720 WGN. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the second half of This Week in Wealth. If you're just joining us, I'm Elise Glink, CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company, and I'm here with Tom Fortino, the founder and principal of the Alpha Wealth Group, here to answer all of your retirement, income planning, tax, estate planning. Tom, you do so many things. I don't even know how to list them all. Yeah, we just like to sum it up as we do everything. We do everything. Do your retirement plan. So- <laughs> or at least we certainly try. <laughs> alphawealthgroup.com is where you find all the great information. You can leave us a question there as well. All right. So uh, this week we got a question uh, from somebody who said, I listened to you on WGN. You guys are great. Thank you very much. I have $10,000 and I was going to put into uh, that into a 4% CD for a year. But after listening to you about the government bonds at 5%, I would rather do that. But I've never purchased these before. You said there was a link. Help. I'm 73 years old and not very computer savvy. Thank you. So I think she's talking mm-hmm. about I-bonds, right, Tom? It sounds like it. Yeah, I-bonds are paying over 5% right now. But, you know, there's others, but <laughs> types of bonds that are getting close. You know, the two years getting close to 5 I It's kind of crazy, crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So what I like about the I-bonds right now is that the um, they actually have that little, like, 0.4% uh, kicker. Mm-hmm. That will follow you wherever they go, right? And mm-hmm. you know, so I think it's more like six. What is it now, Tom? It's like I haven't looked in a while. It's like six yeah, and a half. It, yeah, it's right around six and a half right now. Okay, so I bonds are are about six and a half percent right now, which are great. Um, in fact, oh, I just looked it up. Six point eight nine percent for uh, okay. series I bonds. That's really amazing, and that's good all the way till April thirtieth of this year. Um, but you've got this, it's almost a half a percent, it's 0.4% that no matter where they go the next time, right, starting May 1st, they're going to flip again and we're going to see where it goes. Um, but no matter where it is, you're going to get an extra 0.4% tacked on for the next, what, 30 years, Tom? Yeah, you'll have that and you can always add more and I mean, this is an opportunity, I think, to get the interest rates and their principal protected. I mean, these are all good things. Yeah, it, it is great. And so you're right. I mean, other CDs are getting close to this, but, um, you know, 6.89% is awfully mm-hmm. good, uh, which is really nice. And then it'll fluctuate. So it may go down, like maybe the regular underlying rate will go down to 5%, but you'll mm-hmm. get 5.4%. I think that's how that works, right? Yeah. Yeah, if you okay. if you, if it goes down, yeah, you would get that like the five point four. You're saying, yeah, you have that base rate and then the addition on it. So, you know, over time, these have proven to get again. It's kind of like again that we just talked about the investment. You let it go. You can make these contributions to it. 
It's very user-friendly. That actually is a good website, treasurydirect.gov, and there's all types of different things you can do on there directly uh, to invest. Right, exactly. So um, you definitely want to go to so the website, treasurydirect.gov. Don't go to .com. Go to .gov because this is a government website <laughs> and a really good one. And then if you've never actually signed up before, you're going to have to either log in or you can sign mm-hmm. up. You can, you know, open a new account there, and then it walks you through what to do. A little bit complicated. It'll probably take you 10 minutes to connect the accounts, mm-hmm. and then you can buy. Um, how much can you buy, Tom? You can buy 10000 per person per year. That's the limit each year, but that's something that you can add to your portfolio. Yep, exactly. And then if you're getting a refund from the government, you can also add an up to another mm-hmm. $5,000 of that refund. So you could, if you played this right, uh, g- you know, get $15,000 worth. I'm not saying you should or you want to, but if you were going to, yeah. you could. Yeah, it's just another piece to your plan. It's kind of nice. You put this in there, you know it's protected, you know you can get some upside interest with it that's added to it and can accumulate over time. And again, it's just another piece that uh, I think can add value to your overall plan, certainly on the fixed side. I don't want to substitute this for equities, but absolutely a piece of your fixed portfolio. Yeah, absolutely. Now, she, this listener was going to put 4% into a, a CD, but you like some of the CDs anyway. They're, as you said, one of them, a couple of them are getting close to 5% now. Yeah, and again, this is available. It's user-friendly if individuals want to do it, brokered CDs. If you already have an account at any one of these, Schwab, TD, Fidelity, and others, you can buy brokered CDs. They are issued through the banks. They typically get a little higher rate. They are tradable, not that you would trade them. I'm not suggesting that. A lot of these companies, too, have programs set up where you can ladder them. So, in other words, you can buy a 3, a 6, a 9, a, a, you know, or 12-month, whatever it is, and then every 3 months, every 6 months, however you do, it, one comes due, you can either reinvest it at a higher rate, keep it, you know, and maybe invest it somewhere else. But this is that you can do the whole laddering of CDs as well. So these are tools that are available to people on their websites or on these uh, brokerage firm sites. And so the tools are there for you to do it. And again, another nice piece to your planning, especially taking advantage of some of these higher interest rates. Yeah, and I think it's important to you know, say to people who are, if you're in your 70s or 80s or even your upper 60s, you might be thinking that these accounts or these websites are what they were you know, 30 years ago. I got to tell you, they are not at all like that anymore. They are very adept. Uh, you can do a lot on them. They've got a lot of planning mm-hmm. tools on them. It's not a substitute for working for somebody like Tom or with somebody like Tom, but they are. you are able to do a tremendous amount there that normally you would have had to, 30 years ago, pick up the phone mm-hmm. and talk to somebody and say, I want to buy... 50 shares or 100 shares or whatever of this and then they were like oh that's not a full lot we're going to have to go match that Mm -hmm. you know like none of that exists anymore so if you're thinking it's hard to do it's not and you should explore it and make sure that you've got access online access to those accounts by the way the online access with your phone and two-factor authentication safest way to protect your money yeah, and, and like you said, there's this access. Look, you can go to branch offices. I mentioned Fidelity a lot. I mean, again, I, we work with TD as well, but I just find their service really, and they have branch offices. You can set an appointment, go in and sit down with someone. They'll walk you through it. You can call them. 
So again, just to walk you through any of these things, if you want to start this process, don't procrastinate if it's something you want to do. I know sometimes the, a lot of these things can be overwhelming. You think, oh, I don't know how to do this. That would be one of my words. Just go ahead and do it. You're going to find out, and then it's going to be something maybe you'll be able to access and do and incorporate into your overall plan going forward. And, and I, you know, this is where having you on board, Tom, is such a, a really, it's a no-brainer, right? It's somebody, you can really help somebody go through and think it through, um, you know, what they're going to do and we don't really have time to go into this i'm going to but i'm going to bring it up at the start of the next segment because you got a call from somebody who i think was really confused about making money and taxes <laughs> and what should she do and i you know we, you and i were mm-hmm. talking about this during the break it's like the answer was so simple um but it eluded her and i think that's again why you have an outside person just kind of looking mm-hmm. but we'll talk we'll we will dive back in so <laughs> stick with us folks <laughs> and we will come back in a few minutes with another uh segment for this week in wealth 630-934-1855 is where you find us or alphawealthgroup.com stay tuned you're listening to 720 wgn Hey, welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink here with Tom Fortino, founder and principal of the Alpha Wealth Group. You can find us at 630-934-1855. Anybody who calls that number will get a direct call back from Tom or somebody on his team. So give it a try, 630-934-1855. You can also leave us a message at alphawealthgroup.com. So, Tom, before the break, we started talking about this other woman that you spoke with this week. Mm-hmm. She left a message on the line, mm-hmm. and she said she's about to turn 70, and she's still working, and she doesn't want to create more income because she doesn't want to pay all the taxes, mm-hmm. but well, it, it was kind of a yeah. crazy thing. What, what do you think she was getting at? You know, I get it, because sometimes you hear, hey, God, I don't want to pay the taxes, and I, I get that, right? They're saying, well, you know, I have money sitting in cash, but if I go invest it and I get 4 or 5%, and it was we were just talking about, whether it's in a CD or some type of treasury or whatever it might be, I got to pay taxes. And then, you know, and again, it's, I, maybe there's a lot of people that would say the same thing. I get, again, I get it, the tax part of it. But I, as I mentioned to her, I said, you know, the net is still positive, right? If you're in a 22 or a 24% tax bracket, you know, and you're giving back 1% or a little over 1% on five, you're still netting four. So, you know, it's still going to be a positive for you, even after you have to pay Uncle Sam their their share. Now, if it's in an IRA or a Roth, I'll just make this comment, not to get off on trying you know, now it's even better because either it's in a Roth, it's tax-free, right? right. The, the 5% or the 4%. And in a raw in an IRA, you can kind of control it when you take the money or to take the distribution, so you don't get a 1099 right away. But the bottom line, though, is if you can make a positive return, again, if the net is positive, it's it's positive. And yeah, so, I mean, you're making money. You're making money, right? Mm-hmm. What it, yep. You know, the other thing is she's close to seventy, but the required minimum distribution, the RMD from 401ks has jumped up now to 73, not mm-hmm. 70. Maybe she's confused about that because you can also put money away in your if you're working in a 401k or an IRA, mm-hmm. reduce the taxes you're paying on the income, Correct. even as you may be making a, you know, a play and, and long-term capital gains, which are taxed lower anyway, right? I mean, isn't there a way to kind of make all that work? Yeah, I mean, tax efficiency and, and providing taxes in your plan, you know, as you know, I'm a big advocate, I'm a big proponent. I look at clients' tax returns. I look at what their tax bracket is in. 
at the, what tax bracket they're in. So they understand, hey, what am I, you know, where, what is my exposure? Some people are really not sure. I'm on a, am I in a 12, a 22, a 24? Because that can help in your decision process. You know, if, when you look at the tif- different types of accounts, you can have a traditional, regular, you know, brokerage account. You can have a, an IRA and you can have a Roth. You can own the same thing in every one. A CD can be owned in any one of those three. Apple stock can be owned in any one of those three. The difference is the tax treatment of those things. So, you know, what makes sense to own, you own in, in these different buckets? Roths are tax-free. So, you know, that's typically where you want to, I'm making general statements, but that's typically where you want the growth because your growth, the more the, more the growth is, it's tax-free. The IRAs, mostly, you know, again, you want to have a balance in the, your investment plan, but if you're going to own fixed, typically it's going to be in the IRAs because that's where the highest tax rates are. That's where the required minimum distributions are. And so we can incorporate some tax planning into our overall plan as, in addition to the investment planning. These are things to consider. And when you talk about the RMD, you know that's another thing because at some point you're going to have to take out money whether you want to or not. Yeah, I I think it's true. I mean, you will have to take it out. And so people who are working into their late 70s, right, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it may not make sense to continue to contribute to a 401k if you're also making a required minimum distribution, right? I mean, it's maybe better to do something else with that money. Yeah, I mean, if, if, you know, you want to take a look. In fact, I had someone in here who's done terrifically well okay they're in there at in fact they're taking rmds now they were in here a couple weeks ago and they were um like i'm just getting clobbered on these it's like you were so successful now you have to take out a lot of money out of the ira money you don't need he was like what you know what are my options here and he was already doing some things again a very sharp person doing really well and one thing they were doing was doing qualified charitable contributions which means you can do up to a hundred thousand it can be a lot less too, but money that you take out rather than taking it out of the bank account or your savings or investments to charity, you can take it out of your required distributions, which means you don't pay tax on it. That's right. one option. The second, which we talked to him about, again, knowing your tax bracket, started doing some big Roth conversions. Now, yes, you paid the tax on it, but he was in a 24% bracket. Again, it's not pleasant, but he's repositioning that money into a Roth, which there are no required minimum distributions on Roth IRAs, number one. He's going to pay the tax once to never pay it again, and he's going to reduce his required distributions because he's drawing down the IRA quickly. So these are ideas, again, that you can use to put you in a better position. That's that's actually really helpful things to think about, right? That's mm-hmm. that's helpful planning. Um, it gives people you know the idea that there are these clever things that you can do, still paying you know the tax mm-hmm. you're going to pay, but just being smart about going forward. Um, where you're going to pay those taxes. I, th- I mm-hmm. think that's really helpful. And so this woman who wrote in, you know, she just, I, I have to say that I agree with you, Tom, that, you know, if you're going to earn five, okay, you're going to give back one, one and a half. Well, I guess it's 20% for capital gains. There may be some state tax mm-hmm. on top of that. But, you know, you're still netting out over three, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's really about the net. What do I have left in my pocket after all is said and done? And it's going to be more in this case as opposed to letting it sit in an account. Yeah, I'm not going to pay much tax. And I'm going to get very little. But it's always what ends up in your pocket. Do you have more at the end of this whole process? And if that's the case, that's usually the answer. Yeah, and, and also, you know, you want to make your money work as hard as it can for you. Mm-hmm. If you don't have to spend an extra, you know, five minutes and you've just made an extra three whatever, 
out mm-hmm. of your five, like, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, that to me is a good thing. The other thing that I think people get confused about is the idea of marginal tax rates. So mm-hmm. what she might have been confused about is that it would push up her up into the next tax bracket, and then everything would be taxed more. But that's not how marginal tax rates work, right? Right. It's a blend. So the first, lowest tax bracket is 10, and then the next one is 12, then 22, 24, 32, all the way up to 37%. But to your point, if, I, if, if I'm in a 24, let's say I'm in a 22, and I have enough income, it brings me up to 24, that first amount of money, you know, is still, I think it's up to about 100, is, I'm just saying for a joint, if you're a joint filer, about 190000 the first is, is taxed at 22% or below. So if you go up to 200000 of income, it's just the amount over 190 that's at 24. The rest below that is at 22, 12, and 10. Yeah. Really interesting. Well, yeah. before before we go, and sort of in this line, um, <clears throat> there was a new study out from WalletHub about the top 10 states for retirement living. And I have to tell you, I was a little surprised at a couple of them. Illinois one, number one? Um, no. <laughs> Illinois gets such a bad rap. I, it's, I don't know. I know. Anyway, no, top states. Uh, Virginia was number one. That was a little surprising. Wow. Uh, 11th for quality of life and health care, 16th for affordability. Florida's number two. That's not a surprise. Colorado is number three. Hmm. Fifth for health care, 14th for affordability, 27th for quality of life. Wyoming, fifth for affordability, uh, ninth for quality of life, 38th for health care. So you have to like, you know, weigh what's important yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. Then there's Delaware, uh, second in taxpayer friendliness, uh, sixth for affordability. Then New Hampshire. South Dakota is seventh. Uh, they have the second highest percentage of people over the age of 65 wow. but and over in the workforce, ninth for health care. I never think of South Dakota as having like killer health care, but okay. Um, Minnesota, first in the nation for health care because of Mayo Clinic, third for life expectancy, second for quality of life. Wow. Uh, Idaho was number nine. <laughs> Third lowest uh, property crime rate in the nation, 15th for affordability, yeah. and last last but certainly not least, North Dakota. Wow, the Dakotas are you know bringing it in. I, yeah. They're killing it there. Yeah. 20, I mean, I don't know. They're like last for for freezing cold in the winter, but they seem to. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was. I just thought that was sort of interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, that's, like you said, prioritize what's important to you. But this is really part of the process of retirement. You know, we've talked about this before, at least about couples, these couple surveys. Fidelity does one every year. Where do you mm-hmm. want to live? And there's not always an agreement on that. So these are good numbers or good things to look at in, in your uh, planning, your retirement planning process. Yeah, I, th- I think that you have to make a list of what's really important to you. Mm-hmm. And nobody's come up with a tool that really does it well. I know there's one on, on Money Watch, but I, I think it's kind of poor, actually. Mm-hmm. But you you do want to look at things like everything from health care. You know, and if you're not a healthy person or the spouse or partner is not a healthy person, that's going to be higher up. Cost of living, taxes may be important, mm-hmm. quality of life. You know, there are just so many, um, you know, different things to think about. Anyway, um, we are out of time, Tom. So let me give people the five. Of course we are. (laughs) I know. Folks, we so love hanging out with each other and, of course, hanging out with you on Sunday mornings. Thank you for listening to This Week in Wealth. The number is 630-934-1855, and Tom or somebody on his team will get back to you right away if you've got a question. AlphaWealthGroup.com. Be sure to tune in next week for another edition of This Week in Wealth. You're listening to 720 
WGN. Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Advisor. Alpha Wealth Group, WGN, and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors. Insurance and annuities offered through Alpha Wealth Group, licensed in Illinois. Tom Fortino and Alpha Wealth Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.